There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Tomorrow brings the series finale of Better Call Saul on AMC, bringing an end to the acclaimed spin-off of Breaking Bad. I spoke to creator Vince Gilligan when the cast and crew of Breaking Bad donated props and costumes to the Smithsonian National Museum of American History in 2015. I want to know at what point during it did you say, you know, was it a couple of seasons in where you were like, this is almost a legendary status? You, you couldn't have guessed Smithsonian, but you know. Well, you know what? That's, you have asked me an excellent question. I, I should have a good, quick answer as to when, during the run of Breaking Bad, I figured out that we were on to something special. I don't have a great answer for you. The whole thing was such a such a gradual continuum. I, I guess if I had to really, if you really put my feet to the fire, it was probably sometime in season three or season four when I really started to realize that people were watching the show and paying attention to it. Another good landmark was in that first season uh, when Brian Cranston got nominated for the Emmy for Best Dramatic Actor, Best Lead Actor in a Drama, and then won. That was astounding. That was that was a big moment. But but even then, we, we thought that was well deserved love for Brian. We didn't realize the show was 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 was, uh, was responsible. Or, or, or the show was not responsible for that love, but that the show in and of itself was. You know, was 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 going to go to those places as well. It probably was season three or four. Uh, I still, although honestly, I still I still can't get over the fact that the show did as well as it did. That as many people around the world watch it as as do. That we're here at the Smithsonian. It's it's mind-boggling. <laughs> it really is. Talk about let's say let's say some uh, young writers are here. I think they can probably, for years to come, they'll be studying Breaking Bad in terms of, wow. in terms I of hope so. the arc. You know, Had, talk about the importance of, you know, from season one to the very end. How it's it's not it's not side tangents. It's all working towards a piece of an of completing that arc of Walter's arc. Well, we had we had a good foot forward in that, and that there was there was a mission statement for Breaking Bad right from the get go. I wanted to show a character in, in uh, undergoing change, undergoing transformation from the beginning of the series to the end. Because TV typically doesn't do that. TV typically keeps characters in a kind of a stasis so that a show can go on indefinitely. But I really like the idea of a character undergoing change, going from the good guy to the bad guy. Mr. Chips Mr. to the Scarface. Chips, Mr. Yeah. Chips to Scarface, as I put it to Sony way back in the early days. And that was a good mission statement that held us in good stead. So that was that was what we tried to figure out with every subsequent season. You know, how much further down the road is Walter White to becoming Scarface? Yeah. And 
I really have to give uh, the lion's share of the credit to Sony Television and to a the AMC Network for letting us go long enough, yeah. but not too long, that we can end the show the best way we knew how with the with the, with the show. You know, it's the, the Goldilocks yeah. uh, the, problem. You want it not, the porridge, the just porridge, right, just not too hot, not too cold, just right. You wanted the show not too short, not too yeah. long, just right, and. In the early days, the, the danger was it would be too short because it wouldn't have enough viewers. But AMC really stuck with us and said, you know, we like the show. It's not the viewership we would, we would prefer, but we're proud of the show. So they, they allowed us to have Not Too Short. Sony, uh, who, who later on in the life of the series very much wanted to go on forever, as, as any company would, because the more show episodes you make, the more money you make. They, they really stepped up and they said, you know what, we'd love another season or two or three, but if you really believe we're coming to the end here, gosh darn it, we'll, uh, we'll, keep we'll the go discipline, with you. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep the discipline and we'll go with you on that. And so between AMC and Sony, they allowed us the, uh, the just right porridge. They, just, they allowed us the not too short, not too long series. And, and if it weren't for them, the show would have gone in the end probably too long. And people would have said, hey, is that show Breaking Bad still in the air? Remember when yeah. that was good? I used to watch that. And that that's the, that's the that would have been the worst. That would have been heartbreaking. And for the porridge analogy, if it was just that, that speaks to sort of the writing. But visually, your camera would have been down in the damn porridge looking that's up. Like, you know, they, we, talk about how you, you, know, you just shattered all those boundaries visually. You know? we, we, I don't know when that started, <laughs> but we, uh, we really did like putting our camera in some weird places. We, even from the bottom of the toilet bowl one time looking up as, as Walter White got rid of some illicit drugs or I can't remember what it was it was but it was we, we put the cameras all over the place and uh, I don't even know when that started but we, we had fun doing that that's for sure Hitchcock has trouble getting the toilet to flush and psycho and you're just plunging it down in there uh, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> alright well nice to meet you sir nice to meet thank you, you too thank you I also spoke to Aaron Paul, who memorably played the beloved role of Jesse Pinkman. How you doing, buddy? Nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you. All right. You said this is your first time ever to D.C.? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's my first time, and it's, a, it's, it's the way to do it, you know? Go straight to the Smithsonian, be honored for a show you really are so unbelievably proud of. And, if you could have gone back to Aaron Paul ten years ago and told him this is where he would be and he's yeah. had this success, would you? We wouldn't even believe it. No, no. I mean, it would be an incredible thought. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's still so un unreal. When did, when during the show? I mean, obviously, you never know if a show is going to hit or miss or a movie for that matter. Right. But when during it did you sort of have the inkling that not only is this going to be a great show like in the real time, but might even have a legendary status chance of something like this? Well, we knew it was very special from the moment we started shooting. Uh, there was just something different about it. But we all watched it for the first time, meaning you know, producers, the cast, Sony, AMC, we all watched it together for the first time at Sony. And... At the end of it, we were all, you know, kind of taken back and speechless. But we still hadn't found out that we got picked up yet or not. And we, were, we knew it was something beautiful, something special, uh, but we had no idea if this show could survive. And after a year, we didn't know if we were going to get picked up. The ratings were okay. But I think really in season three was when... It just started to just snowball. And, wow, this uh, could really be something. This could be something magical. And, uh, and it was just that. Do you have a favorite season? The stuff with you and, and uh, Jane is intense. But season two was great, yeah. Um, I like them all, man. 
they're all so different. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. All right, well, we'll let you make the rounds. Before you go, could you give us a, a yo bitch? Yo bitch. I next spoke to Jonathan Banks, who played the role of Hitman Mike in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Is it crazy to have all these uh, props around you, first of all? You probably haven't seen them in a while, right? Yeah, they're always a part of it. They look very, very familiar. <laughs> Tell me about your character, Mike, was just... So there's so many people who might have been his, their favorite character, but talk about how how deep the cast was in terms of what made that's why what made the show so great is that it was such a deep bench. Yeah, it is. They're not. A, I mean, you respect them as actors, but the added unbelievable pleasure was that they're nice. They're great people. We. It was just a pleasure to go to work. You know, I've done this a long, long time. I mean, I think I can say that after 48 years. But, you know, we loved each other. And I don't care if that sounds maudlin, we truly did and do. How much do you guys stay in touch? Or is it mostly just events like this? Or are there ever... You know, it's one of those things, if if you're very close with someone, they're never that far away. Ever. But to see, physically see Aaron and Brian and Dean and RJ, I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. When people come up to you on the street, is there a certain scene they always talk about? Your, your final bow-out scene? Or is it that, even better call Saul? That, that, mostly now it's the, the speech in Call Saul about my son. Yeah. What's it, how much has it meant to you to be able to have that show to continue on that character? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I was not done with my character. I'm like, Brian said he was done. Yeah, but, and Brian can understand, because yeah. Brian had his whole journey. Yeah, I'm glad to be there. Thank you. Awesome. Lucky to be there. Yeah. Well, as long as you remember that, that's the important part. I remember it in space. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, Brian Cranston showed up to pay tribute to his iconic anti-hero, Walter White. I'm not satisfied until I have all the characters in the Smithsonian. But I never thought that, that Walter White would be here. I thought, I mean, I knew that LBJ was here before me, but uh, it's nice. It's a nice tribute. We didn't even know we were going to be successful. You know, all we were intent on doing was trying to tell a story honestly and present it to the world. And we loved it, uh, but we didn't know if it was going to play with the public, if the, if the audiences were going to invest in the characters and the storylines. We just we had no way of knowing. Um, and you can't predict that. You don't know. We don't know if something's going to be a hit or not. I mean, I, I think word of mouth was really the element that got us notoriety. And people saying, you know, have you seen this, this odd little show, Breaking Bad? And, you know, it, it was a, it's a show that forced people to invest in these characters. There's no passive watching. I have one of the hats. One's here. I've got one at home. I also have my glasses, my sunglasses. That's about it. Hazmat suits, we went through a lot. There was nothing good about filming in a hazmat suit. They were uncomfortable and hot. What would go in the exhibit? I think we would have we would have the barrel of, of liquid acid that we melted people in. Come on, kids, jump in. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.